Good evening. Good evening. Hello, hello, hello. You're listening to Faith Ignited on Palm One Radio or on Palma Talk, either at 2 a.m., 10 a.m., or 6 p.m. Saturday through Wednesday. You can catch an episode of Faith Ignited, but I like my new ones, my new episodes. Um, I love doing these podcasts for you guys. I hope that um, you've been enjoying the content. Um, I feel like this week has been very high stress for a lot of us, very sort of the hustle and bustle of getting things done and getting your stuff wrapped into the store and and stuff for dinner and and you know um it's crazy out there i was out there christmas shopping and oh my it was um not a zen moment as we're in right now but um that's what procrastinating gets you so don't procrastinate. Get your Christmas shopping done early. I have a girlfriend who used to buy everybody's Christmas shopping would be done by September. I'm like, oh my God, girl. Bravo, bravo. But yes, this is Faith Ignited, guys. And this is where we kind of sit back, relax, unwind, loosen our mind, loosen our body, Loosen the vibe up. I don't know why I just did spirit fingers when I said vibe. I'm sitting here by myself. (laughs) And I said, uh, bringing the vibe up with my hands in the air. Um, But bringing the vibe down and to a place of calm. This show is kind of a, a moment for us to take a deep breath from the week. Fridays are always, always tough, especially this Friday before Christmas. So Merry Christmas to all of you. By the time I talk to you next week, it will already have been Christmas. But because it's the week of Christmas, I want to share with you guys um, a story that I came across um, and this lady named um, Lisa Harkader Lisa Harkrader H-A-R-K-R-A-D-A-R Lisa Harkrader wrote this story as the author of this Christmas story that I thought I would share with you guys and get you guys kind of in the mood for a, a chill vibe, a calm place where people are relaxing from their day, having a glass of wine or, or, um, whatever it is you want to drink, some, champagne, some whiskey, some whatever you're drinking, or if it's non-alcoholic for all my sober people out there, 
um, virgins all around, right? Um, that sounded bad. <laughs> you guys are probably thinking that sounded bad. No, but um, yeah, this is a place where it's very zen over here at Faith Ignited. It's very zen. It's a very tranquil place. I have, you know, a beautiful little setup with candles going and the light is just right, just a shade um, below your normal bright lights. It's just a dim light. And this has become one of my favorite places at the end of the week to come and share a cool story with you guys. Thank you for the feedback. Thank you for um, the questions. I'm hoping some of you take me up on my offer and get brave enough to tell your stories here on Faith Ignited. We welcome all. We welcome all who have something to say um, in regards to a crazy miracle thing that happened to you, whether you suffered and survived through an accident like my friend Rosie did, whether you um, had a near-death experience, or whether you want to share a miracle that has happened in your life. For those of you that I've spoken to, please consider it and become um, a co-host with me for the night here um, on Faith Ignited on Palma Radio, Palma One Radio. So let me get some soft Christmas music playing in the background. Let's settle in for the night. Settle into your blankets and your comfy, cozy clothes and you're warm and your eyes are closed and I want you guys to just sit back, relax and watch the story unfold before our eyes because I do my preparation for the show but I don't like to read too much of the story because I like to read it with you guys and I like to know and be surprised as the story turns um, and you know they are uplifting stories they are stories of inspiration they are stories of hope and of healing so um, let me find that sweet spot for you guys wherever that is find it and sit in it for the next Oh, 45 minutes or so, 40 minutes or so, and we'll tell a story, a story that's going to give us all hope, and it happens to be a story that happened right around this time, Christmas time. A Christmas miracle is what this story says the title of the story 
like many Christmas stories, a Christmas miracle focuses on the importance of giving. In this tale, a young girl named Rose dreams of a Christmas morning filled with extravagant gifts. It's a dream that has no chance of coming true because her family is poor. Ultimately, though Rose's family, family's acts of kindness to a stranger produces a Christmas miracle. A Christmas miracle may enhance your own Christmas spirit. Rose rubbed the sleeves of her nightgown against the frosty glass and peered out into the night sky. The moon peeked over the mountain behind the little cabin. Rose searched the sky. She needed to find a shooting star. Christmas was only three days away and she just had to make her wish. Rose McKenzie, stop your daydreaming, Mama said. She pulled the curtains shut and kissed the top of Rose's head, said, come on, baby, it's time for bed. Rose scrubbed her face and hands in the wash bath and ran a brush through her tangled hair. Her brothers, James and Henry, were settling down on their mattresses near the fire. Baby Bonnie was already fast asleep in her little bed. A drawer lined with soft blankets that rested on a chair beside her parents' bed. Rose leaned over to kiss the baby goodnight then she kissed Mama and Papa. Papa blew out the lantern and we crawled into the little fold-up bed next to the window that she shared with her sister Sarah. Rose tugged the covers to her chin the fire in the fireplace hissed and popped. Papa's snores rattled throughout the cabin. Outside, the wind rustled through the trees. And Rose thought she would never fall asleep. It was too close to Christmas too close to the most wonderful day of the year 
and too close to the morning when her family would open small homemade gifts again. Rose looked out the window again. She remembered how Mama had stared at the lacy green dress in the window of Miss Pranger's store when they drove into town. Rose wanted to give Mama that dress. She closed her eyes and could see Mama opening it on Christmas morning. There was Mama laughing out loud in surprise. The green lace dress matched Mama's sparkling green eyes. Then Papa opened his gift, a shiny black pipe. Not, not the homemade kind whittled from a hickory branch. No, no, a brand new pipe ordered from a catalog or something and shipped all the way from New York City. Bonnie's gift, well, that was a crib carved and painted and the boys got new wool coats. Sarah's gift was a note that said, look outside. Sarah would pull open the door and there stood a dapper gray pony with the big old red ribbon around its neck. They got just what they wanted, Rose murmured. She opened her eyes. Sunlight streamed into her cabin. Rose shook her head was only a dream, Rose said, and she smiled. But what a wonderful dream. Oh, how I wish, I wish it could come true. After breakfast, Rose helped her mother wash dishes. Mama, she said, if you could have anything for Christmas, anything at all, what would you wish for? Mama smiled and set the clean plates in the cupboard. I already have everything I want. You, your brothers, your sisters, and your fathers. Father, I'm sorry. Father, all in good health. I know, I know, Mama, but I mean something extra, Rose said as she squished out the dish towel, something like wrapped in a box that you could open on Christmas morning, Mama. What would it be? Well, it would be a mighty funny looking box, said Mama. But if I could have something extra, I'd wish for a Christmas tree 
tall and full, with so many decorations you could hardly see the branches. And a big plump turkey that I could roast with dressing and potatoes. She leaned against the cupboard and smiled and said, and when it was done, we would all sit down at the table next to our beautiful Christmas tree and eat the finest Christmas dinner any of us ever tasted. She closed her eyes and said, I can almost taste it now. And a new dress, asked Rose. Would you, would you like a new dress, Mama? Yes, Mama nodded. Yeah, a new dress, yes. Then she shook her head. But there's no sense in wishing for something you can't have. Papa chuckled. Looks like Rose isn't the only dreamer in the family. He reached for his rifle. I can't promise you a turkey, but maybe I can find a fat goose for our Christmas dinner. He pulled out his coat and headed toward the woods. Rose waited for Papa all morning while she swept the cabin, peeled potatoes, mended her stockings, she kept peeking out the window to see if Papa would bring home a goose. Finally, just before noon, Papa tramped out of the woods, carrying a gunny sack over his shoulder. Rose threw down her mending and burst out the door. Papa, you did it, she cried. We'll have roast goose for Christmas after all. Papa laughed. Not quite, Missy. He opened the sack and I didn't see any geese. But I did bring home a pheasant big enough to feed even seven hungry Mackenzies. Papa hung the pheasant under the eaves outside the cabin. Its russet and green feathers gleamed in the sunlight. I'll need to clean it, Papa said. He blew on his hands and rubbed them together First, I need to go inside and warm up. Is that your mama's potato soup I smell? Rose followed Papa inside and helped Mama ladle out seven bowls of soup. While they ate, Rose tried, tried to watch the pheasant, but every time she glanced out the window, Papa said, eat your soup. After lunch, 
Rose ran out to the window and shouted, Oh no, Papa, look, he's eating our Christmas dinner. Rose pointed at a bear that had wandered into the yard and pulled the peasant down from the eaves. Papa flung the door open. The the bear ran off into the woods. All that remained were a few russet feathers lying in the grass. The next day was Christmas Eve. After breakfast, Papa, Henry, and James pulled on their boots and coats and set out for the woods. Don't worry, Papa said. We'll have a fine Christmas dinner yet. Rose waited by the window again. Sarah came and sat down beside her. The sun rose high in the sky. Finally, Papa and the boys hiked out of the woods. Now James was carrying a gunny sack over his shoulder. Rose and Sarah rushed to the door and Rose flung it open. Did you get another peasant? Did you get another peasant? Rose asked. It is as big as the first one, is it? Is it as big as the first one? Sarah asked. No, not not a pheasant, said Papa. Not as big. James opened the sack, pulled out a small quail. Birds just aren't that plentiful this time of year, said Papa. But we won't leave this one under the eaves, he laughed and said. That pesky old bear, he can catch his own Christmas dinner, Papa laughed. Papa and the boys cleaned the quail right away and brought it into the house. Rose stared at the little bird. This can't be our dinner, she said. It's barely enough to feed Bonnie. Nonsense, said Mama. Then she kissed Papa on the cheek. It's exactly enough. Rose, you can help me peel the potatoes, carrots, and onions for quail soup. And Sarah, you can help me bake loaves of bread. Then you can both take turns churning fresh butter. This will be the finest meal we've eaten in months. Mama pulled her big soup kettle from the cupboard and put it on the stove. 
the quail soup simmered and the bread dough baked into crusty brown loaves. Savory aromas filled the cabin. Rose and Sarah churned butter until they were sure their arms would fall off. Finally, as the sun sank over the mountaintop, Mama said, help me set the table. Henry, dinner's ready. Sarah and James scrambled to their chairs Rose placed the bread in the center of the table and Henry set out bowls and spoons. Mama carried the hot soup over from the stove. Papa held Bonnie in his arms. Then they all bowed their heads to give thanks. Tap, tap, tap. Rose heard someone knocking at the cabin door and she looked up. Mama frowned at Papa and said, now why would somebody be way out here at this time of night? Now this time Papa opened the door. A stranger stood on the step. His eyelids sagged with weariness. The stranger's voice quivered. Could you shelter a hungry traveler from the cold? Of course, Papa said, of course, of course. He opened the door for the stranger. You're just in time for dinner. We don't have much, but you are welcome to share what we do have. Bless you, said the stranger. Merry Christmas. Mama set an extra place at the table and began ladling out the soup. When she finished filling the eighth bowl, the stranger's bowl, the soup kettle was empty. Look at that, Mama said. She set the bowl in front of the stranger. We have just enough for you. After dinner, the stranger helped clear the table and sat in a chair by the fire. Where did you come from? Sarah asked him. The man chuckled. I've traveled for so long. It's hard to say just where I'm from. I've been to the Great Lakes and to New York City and to the White House. I've even met Abraham Lincoln himself. 
Henry's eyes grew wide. Abraham Lincoln, he exclaimed. The stranger nodded. Twice. I I plan to keep traveling and meeting good folks like yourselves. I want to see the ocean someday and the Grand Canyon and the giant redwoods, asked James. Yes, and the giant redwoods, said the stranger. He pulled a harmonica from his pocket and began playing. Papa pushed the table aside, pulled Rose to the center of the floor. Sarah picked up Bonnie and Mama grabbed the boys and soon everyone was dancing. The stranger played and played and Rose's family danced and danced. Finally, Mama collapsed in the chair. Time for bed, she said. James and Henry piled the blankets on the floor by the fire for the stranger, and everyone crawled into their beds. Before Rose closed her eyes, she took one more look out that window. Bright yellow star shot across the sky, leaving a sparkling trail behind it. Oh, she cried. Rose stared at her shooting star. Please let my family have a wonderful Christmas, she whispered. and let Mama have her Christmas tree. Dawn peeked over the mountain and Rose opened her eyes. It was Christmas. Rose would surprise her parents and the traveling stranger by making the coffee before anyone else woke up. She tiptoed towards the fire. James and Henry were fast asleep. And the stranger was gone. On the floor where he slept lay a bulging gunny sack. Mama! Papa! Rose shouted. Look! Parents rushed over. Sarah stumbled out of her bed and the boys sat up in their mattresses. They all stared at the sack. It's filled with presents, Papa said. He pulled out a box and read the tag. This one's for you, Sarah. And this one's for Mama. He passed out the gifts and then 
He, Mama Sarah, and the boys began pulling off wrapping paper. Mama lifted a green lace dress from her box, and Papa opened a shiny new pipe. James and Henry unwrapped new wool coats. Sarah unwrapped a toy horse. And Mama helped baby Bonnie unwrap the biggest gift of all, a crib carved and painted just like in Rose's dream. Rose watched in silence. She was happy for her family. Still, the sack was empty and there was no gift for her. She ran to the window to hide her tears. Oh, she cried, look! Outside stood a fir tree, full and tall, with beautiful hand-carved decorations. Rose ran out the door. On the tree was a note that said, To Rose, Merry Christmas. It's a miracle, she shouted. It's a miracle. My wish came true. Merry Christmas. Wow, wow, what a beautiful story that that was. A story that definitely brings upon having hope and and um, never losing hope in your situation that your miracle too can happen that things you're praying for people you're praying for things that are going on in your life that maybe you need you need a little bit of self-care you need a little bit of small miracles or large miracles, but you need some beautiful miracles to happen. And I believe that everyone at some point receives their beautiful Christmas like that, right? Like I feel as, as a kid, I was one of those kids that loved Christmas. I loved Christmas because I loved getting presents. I'm not even going to lie. I still love getting presents. I'm not even going to lie. I feel like I'm a child at Christmas time because I, when we were kids, we may have had our dysfunction, but the holidays were always so huge. We had big family. 
and we would all go to my grandmother's house. I remember walking through her front door and she had a little mantle, it was very 70s, the house. It was like a kind of a room divider, but it was built in mantle that separated the living room from the hall walkway. And just there stood this big Santa that would, he had a little candle in his hand and he would move back and forth and you'd press the button and he would move and this thing is vintage, so vintage that in fact, when my grandmother passed, that was one of the few things that I, that I wanted and that I got that she gave me while she was alive. Um, which is awesome when you get gifts from people when they're still alive and not because of their death, right? So she was able to handpick the gifts that she wanted to give me and this Santa Claus that she gave me. I've had all these years and I still have it in my house and I still walk by that Santa. It doesn't work anymore, it's broken but I walk by that Santa and I think of my grandmother because her living room always had the biggest, fullest tree that could have possibly been chopped down with beautiful ornaments and lights. And from the bottom of the tree to the middle of the room were gifts upon gifts upon gifts upon I know it's not about the gifts but when you're a kid and you walk into that room and you see all of those gifts you think oh my gosh this is unbelievable um, and as a kid I became so um, I was always a nosy kid like if they were eating in the living room I would sometimes go and unwrap the gift a little bit and see what it was I remember one time doing that at my grandmother's house and this gift was from my aunt and she was kind of the cool aunt and always got me and my brother really cool gifts so I always looked forward to her gifts every year because she also made Christmas really special <clears throat> for the family as well because we all were there and it was good times. I mean, we had dysfunction like every family, but it was such good times. But I, they went in to have before lunch appetizers and coffee and tea and wine and so as I saw them all chattering in the other room, and so I did. I snuck my little booty to that living room, probably talking eight years old, nine years old, and I, and, or maybe 10, I think I was 10 in middle school. And I remember opening it up and seeing the name S-W-A-T-C-H. And if you guys are from the 80s, you know what that means. Swatch. It was a Swatch watch. If you remember those 
back in the 80s, if you had a Swatch watch, you were everything and, ev and anybody and everything. You were cool if you had a Swatch watch. You could do these exchangeable little rubber bands that went across and you had different colors and you could interchange. The, I believe it was the faces that were interchangeable. And I was so excited that I wrapped it back up neatly and stuck it under the tree. And I couldn't even eat my lunch or dinner, whatever we have. I know my grandmother always had a buffet of food, every kind of turkey, ham, roast beef, prime rib, lobster. It was a beautiful time. And uh, if you're my family and you're listening to this podcast somehow, um, I want to say thank you for those memories of Christmas because I did feel special as a kid. I remember thinking one year I got a really cool jacket. It was like this patchwork kind of holly hobby and I'm aging myself again with the holly hobby. But she was holly hobby and it was a patchwork holly hobby jacket. And my parents told me that Mrs. Claus made it for me. And I remember believing that and going to school and telling people, no, you're wrong. Mrs. Claus made me this jacket and I don't care what you say. And I always called that the Mrs. Claus jacket. So when we went anywhere, if we were going to church, I would say, can I wear the Mrs. Claus jacket? So it was called the Mrs. Claus jacket. And I believed that Mrs. Claus literally made that holly hobby jacket. <laughs> but if you guys have Christmas memories like that, I wish you guys happy, beautiful, peaceful memories of family and memories of loved ones who have passed on. I know for me, my grandmothers um, made Christmas very special for me. Two very different sets of grandparents. So my dad's parents, very extravagant had the best of everything, the most food, the best gifts, the best decorations, the best desserts, the best cakes. And then I have my simple mom's parents that were hard workers, came from, not that my dad's parents weren't hard workers, but they lived a simpler life. And so we'd have one or two gifts under the tree, but I can remember being just as excited, even with going from all those gifts I received, that knowing that when I went to my vavas and my vavus, that I would have a humble, simple gift, but I would love it equally as much because I knew it came from a place of love and everyone was doing the best that they can. And I believe that now that we are all just doing the best that we can. We cannot change the past and we cannot predict the future. We can live in the now. And like the story with Rose, 
We always have room at the table for one more. We always have room at the table for one more. Um, And it's a beautiful message that I think that if we carry on to 2024, sort of the spirit that everyone is in now, the giving spirit and the receiving spirit, um, I hope that it lasts abundantly throughout 2024 to all of you, your friends, your family, your loved ones, your little ones, your big ones, cousins, aunts, uncles, everybody in between. I want to wish my family a very Merry Christmas, my family here on Palma, a very Merry Christmas, my family who is listening out there. I know I can count on you guys for always tuning into my show. I appreciate the support and the love and um, wish you guys all a beautiful, blessed Christmas and hope to see you guys uh, next week with another story of hope, inspiration, um, love, miracles happening. Um, And I know that it's going to continue on to 2024 because I believe we're all survivors of, of COVID and we're all survivors of a pandemic. So we have that common bond. And I know that we want to do good for one another. I want to believe that in this world that people are rooting for us to do well. I would hate to think that people are rooting for someone to fail because the same people that you stomp on on your way up you have to say hello to when you fall down and so I believe in treating everyone equally and with respect the respect that they give you the love that they give you the reciprocal reciprocity of that reciprocity of that reciprocating um, giving and receiving into 2024 I think we're well on our way thank you for tuning in you're listening to Palma One Radio until January 1st and then we'll roll you guys over permanently to Palma Talk where you can catch my show Saturday through Wednesday, 2 a.m., 10 a.m., 6 p.m., every Friday night, right here with me, 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. God bless you all. May you have beautiful, peaceful Christmases and know that I'm sending you love and Bush Vashthish, Flijan Nuf. Everybody, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. Love you all. Bye-bye.